with Billy, your weekly conversations that leave you refreshed, encouraged, and challenged to be the best version of yourself. It's such a thrill to be able to share this week's episode with you. Stay tuned and let's get started up. I've been reading and thinking about this amazing story in the Bible, and I touched on it in the previous in a previous episode titled he'll get you out and it's a story of moses Um, and the story of moses is one which if you've been a christian long enough (laughs) it's one that you've had several times before and to be honest if you take the time you'll see there's so many lessons to draw from the life of moses and there there are things i've been pondering over and uh, i'd like to share some thoughts with you faith journey now more than ever I feel God changing me and how he's doing it is with the greatest gentleness I've ever experienced in my life you know if a captain of a ship wants to change the direction of a ship he does this progressively so that he can steer and navigate the ship to the desired direction the captain doesn't just turn the ship so to speak like you would a car if you're taking a hard turn and this is what God is This is what I've seen him do in my life. He has been turning things around. And the more I invest in my relationship with God, and by this I mean the more I create time to read and study the word, to pray and to fellowship with other believers, the more I have found that I actually enjoy doing those things. So it moves from just doing those things like a chore or like a task to doing them because I enjoy doing them. And more importantly, because I am investing in a relationship that matters to me. And that's my relationship with God. And so just like that ship, which in this case represents my life and your life. If we allow God to, he will steer the direction which your life is headed. The process of allowing him to steer our lives is what takes all of you. Really allowing God to lead you takes your everyday resolve. To let him take the wheel and steer your life how he wills. Sounds scary? It sure does. But I've also come to to realize that there is no need to be scared of this. Because one who loves you will not steer you into danger. Just like I would never lead my children into harm or danger. God really wants the best for us. And this is why he sent his son. So that we can have life and have a full life. But let's look at some parallels here. Moses, at his encounter at the burning bush in Exodus 3, God narrates to him his life's assignment, which is grand. It is to lead the Israelites out of slavery under the cruel rule of Pharaoh. I mean, Moses is living life like he knew after fleeing Egypt, after killing of, you know, one of Pharaoh's men. He goes to Midian. And really, he makes a life for himself. He gets a wife, a family, and things are fine. So on this day, Moses is going to tend to Jethro's flock. And Jethro is his father-in-law. And then he sees this site, the burning bush. And if you're not familiar with the story, you can go and read it in the beginning chapters of Exodus. an amazing story. But what's interesting, after God spoke to him and told him to go, Moses asks him, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. 
I mean, in 21st century language, Moses basically is saying, hey, I'm really, I'm, I'm not the guy. You've got the wrong guy. But God tells him, you go, I'll be with you. He even gives Moses the exact words to use. And in chapter 4, Moses says, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they say, the Lord did not appear to you? God then gives Moses specific instructions in chapter 4 of Exodus. Like I mentioned, Moses is out tending to the flock and mostly when tending to animals, you know, sheep, goats, one usually has a stick, um, you know, to kind of lead and direct the flock. So we can call that stick a staff and this is what the Bible is referring to as a staff here. So Moses has one of this in his hands and God tells him what to do if the Israelites don't believe him or pay attention to him. And so in verse 10 of chapter 4, Moses comes up with another but God statement and he says, I have never been eloquent. In fact, he tells God since this encounter with him in the burning bush, he brings to God's attention that he hasn't been speaking well. And Moses actually says, he uses the phrase, he's slow in speech. You know, I love Moses because he had some amazing encounters with God, but he also kept it real with God. At this point, he's literally listing to God all the reasons why he should not and cannot go and do what God is telling him. He actually is giving God reasons why he can't obey. He imagines the rejection he'll get from the people. And I say imagine because in that moment, he hadn't gone to the, Isra- to, to the Israelites. And so really Moses is bringing to God's attention the reasons he shouldn't be the one going to set the people of God free because he is afraid that they might reject him. How many times have you failed to do something because you played that scenario in your mind and saw rejection and stopped before you even started? Do you have a dream that, you know, lives in your head? <laughs> Maybe you want to be a musician or perhaps to start your own business or even just to make certain decisions in life that will mean changing your lifestyle, but you're afraid that your friends will ridicule you. And then that fear paralyzes you and you're totally unable to make those changes. You know, fear has a way of paralyzing someone. And if there's a move you've been wanting to make, I pray that God would give you the courage to make those moves. But so let's go back to Moses. So Moses obviously felt inadequate. And sometimes, truth be told, we all feel like we will fail at something God is telling us to do. Moses was scared to obey. He felt that he wasn't capable of rescuing anyone, let alone an entire nation. He felt inadequate. But he finally stopped listening to God, all the reasons why he couldn't save the Israelites, and finally took God at his word. I bet this was a scary thing to do, but he relied on God to get the job done. I want you to see something here. This is what happens when we we take God at at his word and rely on his unlimited power rather than our our limited capabilities. So guys, in Exodus 4.20, it reads, So Moses took his wife Zipporah, shout out to any Zipporah listening, (laughs) and his sons, and put them on a donkey and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, he carried the staff of God. You see, the staff that shepherds have while tending to flock is just a staff. But at this point, the Bible actually says that Moses took his wife, his sons, and the staff of God. I say this to mean that the abilities you have, even the inadequacies, 
submitted to God become the stuff of God. And now what looked like a timid person who cannot speak well, who had a past worth forgetting, this becomes the very person that leads God's people from bondage, from the bondage of slavery. And it must have taken a lot of courage to obey. I don't know about you, but I know obedience takes courage. I think most times we are guilty of reading through the Bible like it was some storybook. And we don't pause um, to, to, to actually see these stories come alive in our minds. Moses must have had his heart racing as he took his family to go where God was sending him. Remember, he had also killed someone back there. I mean, there was a past that he had been clearly running away from. And most of us, if we stop to think about it, we are just like Moses. We have things in our past we'd rather forget. Things about our present we think are inadequate. And things about our future that are requiring us to step into the unknown. I'd like to encourage you, if you're listening to this, that God wills that you and I live out a purposeful life. He also wills to walk with, with us through different transitions in our lives. And he most certainly wills to take your inadequacies and turn it into the stuff that only God can. The question is, will you let him? I read a phrase that made me think. It said, do it afraid. What would happen if we obeyed God completely to do what he asks, even in the face of fear? How would your life turn out? I've come to the conclusion that a life yielded to God is worth living. You have no regrets, no what-ifs. It's a life that you are certain will count for something. I know many people who've lived life however they wanted, doing whatever they wanted, but all came to the same realization. A life submitted to God is a life worth living and having the courage to obey God need not be met with apprehension because a loving father will only lead you to places of growth. It doesn't mean that they are not hard places. It just means that you have the backing of the Most High cheering you on. I pray for you that you will find the courage to obey God. See how Moses turned out, an entire nation liberated because of one man's obedience. Who will your obedience liberate? Think about it. Tune in next week for more conversations that leave you refreshed, encouraged, and challenged to be the best version of yourselves. Have a great week, everybody. I love you. <laughs>